What up, guys? Uh, welcome to episode 14 of The Sit Down. Um, we got a fun episode this week. We've got uh, a guest joining us tonight, today um, from the Yukon, uh, Whitehorse. She is uh, the lead singer and the face of Paris Pick and the Pricks. Um, here to talk about like recording her new album and what she's been doing the last couple of years, the tour since 2018 basically um yeah fun episode i'm joel and i'm mark let's get into it Welcome, Paris. And uh, can you introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, where you're from, etc.? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Um, so thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm uh, based out of the Great White North. I'm here in Whitehorse, Yukon, where it finally got warm after many months of very cold weather. Um, I'm originally from Vancouver. Um, born in North Vancouver and spent a majority of my years between Squamish and Port Hardy, Vancouver Island. Um, if anyone's been there before, some lovely places. And um, I'm a singer songwriter and a performer. I've been performing since high school. Uh, yeah. And it's been quite a great um, trade to get into, I, I guess. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, Basically, the first question that came to mind, why did you move to Whitehorse? Yeah, I get, I get asked that a lot. Um, well, I when I uh, graduated from high school, I had this... Okay, I'll, I'll give you the full story. So I had this boyfriend, obviously, who, um, you know, was being a handful and he's like, oh, we need to break up. It's the last year of high school. And I was like, man, this really sucks. Uh, and he was leaving me to go be at an eco village in Victoria. And I was like, you're leaving me to go be with hippies at some village? And me, out of spite, decided that I was going to go to eco villages all across Canada. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I did. I, I got to the Google. You know, I went to my computer and was like, well, if he's going to a village... I'm going to go to all the villages like fuck him. <laughs> so I I found yeah, I found a list of random eco villages and messaged a handful of them and was like, "Yo, I want to come, you know, work on your farm, you know, do a what's it called? Kind of like couch surfing, but woofing. Yeah, where you go work and live with people and it was I guess to get out of my um my upset mindset. And I did a pretty much like a whole a whole like summer's worth of hopping around different eco villages around Canada, um, only to realize that the hippie lifestyle was not for me. By the way, <laughs> like <laughs> I craved a bottle of Coca Cola more than anything. I craved a burger from McDonald's, <laughs> and you know, people in these villages would usually frown upon such um, fantasies. So I realized that. <laughs> that wasn't the life for me. <laughs> and I uh, returned to my home, my hometown of Port Hardy, where I graduated from high school. 
And I was like, wow, well, you know, all things said and done, that was a cool experience. And by then I was long over Mr. Whoever, you know, I was like, oh, at least I'm over it. Turns out there's a lot of long, pretty haired boys out there. So that wasn't an issue anymore. (laughs) Uh, And I met this uh, Quebecois traveler who um, she told me, you know, like, yeah, you know, like you shouldn't stop traveling now. Like if you're just getting into it and you had a good time. She's like, you know, do you want to go up or down from here? And I was like, what do you mean up or down? And she was referring to being, you know, where we were on Port Hardy, Vancouver Island to like going down to Washington, D.C. or going up to the Yukon. And I was like, you know what? Like, let's go up, like only up and out from now on, you know, like no more going down. (laughs) (laughs) So we, uh got got on the road and hitchhiked to run together and uh yeah i we were supposed to stay in whitehorse for three weeks and then we were supposed to go to banff together and uh i got drunk in one of the local bars and i was 18 i snuck in because here the legal age is 19 to drink and i snuck in had no problem drinking around town and no one id'd me and i could go to open jam nights and no one would question you know i just oh, there's a jam happening and I'd get on stage and play bass or whatever. And no one ever, you know, like, I think when you're just a confident, if you can, if you can just like pretend that your confidence level is higher than what it really is, people assume you're older. <laughs> right. Like fake uh, so it till yeah. you make it kind of thing. Right. Exactly. So uh, I ended up staying and my friend continued on without me about three weeks later, she moved to, she, she traveled onwards to Banff to go, you know, keep on hitchhiking and doing the thing. And, uh, I stayed put. Wow. Right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you, you, you hitchhike, you hitchhiked from Port Hardy to Whitehorse. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yep. Okay. For those who don't know, I just Googled it. That's uh 1899 kilometers. Oh my gosh. Wow. I've never even Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. It's uh, it yeah. was tiring, and we t- and we took the Cassiar, which is like the kind of sketchy highway, like not the one that <laughs> takes you through uh, Fort Nelson or whatever. It's like the other one, the kind of road that like maybe you shouldn't have hitchhiked on, and somehow we did that. <laughs> yeah, it was quite the adventure. And so, how old were you when you were doing that? Sorry, um, I was eighteen years old, so fresh, uh, freshly graduated from school. Right, right on, right, right. And you said that you were playing bass, like, you know, at jam nights and stuff. So you obviously knew a little bit about music already. You had been, like, musically influenced already by that age, right? Is that fair? Yeah. To say? Um, yeah, totally. Just a little bit, though. Like, I, I would say I, definitely moving to Whitehorse helped encourage uh, me playing again because I hadn't done it since maybe like grade 11. So like the year before I graduated, I was in uh, living in Nanaimo where I like got into band class for my first time because Port Hardy didn't offer band class. But for a year I moved to Nanaimo, which like in comparison was like going to the big city and like, yeah, (laughs) got to experience playing bass in a band, which was cool. So what is the music industry like in, uh, in Whitehorse? Um, it's really like awesome. Um, it's, it's actually pretty incredible like for um you know like a small it feels like a small town even though it is a major city um but like i don't know like there's just there's a good variety of bands but i think what i like most of it is that like each genre isn't 
uh, oversaturated. Like there's literally like one big party funk band or like, you know, a few soul groups or like a few, you know, soul artists or a few more indie alternative artists, or there's like a handful of, you know, folk singer songwriters, but like no one's really stepping on each other's toes because everyone's kind of just doing their own thing, which is kind of nice actually. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because how, so how big is uh, how how big is Whitehorse? Because I I think it's uh about the same size as Prince Albert. Uh no, PA's uh, a little. Well, I googled the population and it was twenty five thousand, twenty five point six or something. Oh, so PA is a little bit bigger, even. Yeah, okay. like ten thousand. Yeah, no, it's fairly. So it'd be like it's two definitely fairly small. Hmm. That yeah. was one of the first thing I. That was one of the first things I looked up after I listened to your album, actually. When Mark told me that, that you had reached out, I was like, oh, sweet. So I definitely rocked that out off of uh, Spotify. Very good. Uh-huh. You recorded that Yay, one two years you. ago? Yeah, 2018. Right. And then... <laughs> yeah, I, I actually rocked it out on the way to on the way to the city. And uh, uh, it was a, a, a perfect length because the, the end of the album was when I drove into town. So that was nice. Yeah. It was good. yeah it's a short one. It's like a 34 <laughs> minutes or something. Yeah. 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 So where, where was, so I really only know you from that one album, right? Yeah. Um, so I do have a question on like, where did you get a lot of the inspiration for that album? Like how did that, like, how did you progress from playing bass at jam nights in the clubs at 18 years old to being in that band and recording that album? Um, so, actually, um, I had a band prior to the my album Feeling Love. Um, I kind of, like, rebranded after, like, seven... I would say, like, seven years. So I... No, probably more, like after five and a half years um i i so when i first moved here i created this band in 2013 literally the same year that i moved here because i was so inspired by the community right away you know they were all accepting me even though i was you know younger whatever i could go to jam nights and you know people were just like happy that i was getting engaged with music and i started a band called ukes of hazard where i played electric ukulele um so that was like my kind of like trying a band for my first time like that I led which was cool so it was kind of like I went from you know like also when I was traveling across Canada I really got into like busking so I kind of had like you know a little bit of um skill with like projecting myself you know like if there was like a busker at like one side of the block of the street like I would want to be louder than that guy. So I got more money than him. So I like, you know, like weird little things like that, or like capturing people's attention, like rather than like dressing like an average Joe, when I'd go busking, I would like dress like a pirate. And I had this whole pirate thing where I'd like go full pirate and play the ukulele. So then I started this band called Yukes of Hazard, which was like this crazy, I got like an electric ukulele. That's like a solid body. It was like Japanese. It was worth like 800 bucks, super nice, solid body electric uke that I played with this band and it was like a five piece jam band. Um, And then that kind of transformed after five years into my new band, which was Paris pick and the pricks, uh, which was like me transitioning from the ukulele to the guitar. But um, that album feeling love, I'm still playing electric ukulele. So that was literally like the tail end of those days. Like 
It was letting go of the right. ukulele. <laughs> yeah. So what does your new album look like then? Is that is that more of an extension or is that okay, your previous album that's done, I'm I'm doing something else now. I think it's more of an extension cuz uh Feeling Love, um my friend Patrick Hamilton like produced that album and he also like played drums and percussion and he did harmony vocals and he did a lot of the song arrangements. Um and I think Patty just like he brought something out in me that it really needed to happen which was just like you know, like all my friends, you know, even my partner, my boyfriend, like I had been playing ukulele for a long time and I was originally a bass player. You know, I had bass playing from high school, but I, for some reason, like ukulele was like my vessel to like deliver all my songs. Cause I found it too hard to play bass and sing. So I ended up kind of like using ukulele as this like middleman to get what I wanted across. But then I think Patrick, when he recorded that album with me was like, you know, like you can you can stretch yourself out farther like you can you can do something even wider than what you're doing now you can try something new try something fun you know like get crazy with it you know and i think yeah yeah that's kind of like um you know my new album i'm still trying to channel those vibes like cuz it turns out just cuz you learned an instrument and you're comfortable on it doesn't mean you should just like stick it like just stay there for the rest of your life yeah like, just, yeah 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 that's right so, yeah, I'd say this next album's like I've got even kind of more confident in my ability to be able to like, you know, write keyboard parts or like come up with horn parts or, you know, like do more on my own, which last time round Patty did a lot of that, which is like awesome. Um, mm -hmm. but this time I'm trying to challenge myself to be like, "Oh, wait a minute, like I I have this whole world of um, you know, just like tools in front of me and I can use them. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And when when do you think that album is coming out? It like is it planned for this year or Um so it's the tentative plan before COVID. Everything's like pre-COVID up. It was going to yeah. be October of this year and I feel like there's still a chance that it could be fall of this year. But I also don't want to like, you know, you can't rush great things. And also a main reason I might want to hold back on releasing it is that I really want to have a album release concert where people can oh, yeah. come and dance. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like if I have thought about like I could just release it online and then do a release concert at a later date when like restrictions have been lifted. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I think hopefully like sometime the fall of this year. Or, you know, if I choose to postpone it till next year, then I might do that. But uh, I would like to maybe bring music to the people sooner because now is a good time to, like, keep people happy. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, and I, I have to ask, is there, are there plans to put it on vinyl? Yes. Oh. <laughs> we need to be in F touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I just did my first tour across Canada in October of uh 2019 and i got asked a lot you know at, like at my little merch booth after a show like it'd be like oh do you have vinyl and i was like man people like the thing is like white horse is kind of behind the times like people people here still listen to cds or it's mm -hmm. all like people's phones <laughs> uh yeah but in the city i guess it's like all the you know the hip youngins really <laughs> they like their vinyl and cassettes and whatever yeah yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming your previous album was not on vinyl then. 
No, yeah, just CD and online. Although I thought about getting it uh, like remixed it and and like mastered and put it out on vinyl, but that might be something I do later down the line. But for now, like it's such right. an investment as is, you may as well, you know, keep it for like something that's going to be fresh and new. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, I know people, so uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of know this this guy who is uh, he's Dutch though, so maybe I can hook you up oh, with yeah. him. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want to talk to him though. Yeah, <laughs> his name's Mark, and he owns uh, Funky he's... Moose Records. Yeah, he's referring <laughs> to me. <laughs> I have a pretty so, solid no, yeah, that's that's freaking awesome. I'm, like, yeah, like when I go out and support a band, I feel like also vinyls are a great way to, like, I mean, you can they're they're worth more money, right? So, like, whenever I go see a band. I definitely try as a vinyl collector. I definitely, you know, I'm like, yo, do you have any vinyls? Because if I can buy yep. a t-shirt and a vinyl, I know that they're probably, you know, that pays for more of their gas than like just me using their Spotify right. or something. Yeah, exactly. If you stream it on Spotify, they get like 0.00 cents. Yeah, yeah. No, physical sales are still better for artists as long as you're not strapped to a uh, a record label that is uh, taking you for every cent that you that you make. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Speak. So I'm kind of curious. I I don't want to stray off topic. I kind of do that a lot. But so you said that <laughs> you do have a rec- a vinyl collection. I'm curious to know what like what do you have in your player right now? Like when you're chilling oh. out, relaxing. What are you listening to? Okay. Well, right now. What's in there literally right now is Wishbone Ash. Oh. So I was getting a little medieval with it. <laughs> like medieval rock. But that's actually yep. that's actually not what I typically listen to. Um, That's my boyfriend trying to educate me. <laughs> <laughs> um, typically, I'm all about the cheese. Like I'm a big yacht rock. In, like I love yacht rock. That's my favorite genre. It's Holland Oats. Yes. Holland Oats yeah, yeah, yeah. all the way. Um, you know, like I don't even know, like uh there's this artist that I've been really into for the past few years. His name's Ned Doheny. And he was like um a backup singer for the Eagles for like a glimpse of time. Oh. Like so brief that no one even knows who he is. And okay. he has this album called Hard Candy that I listen to quite often um yeah so it's pretty much anything super cheesy i also really like uh the eurythmics like i like 80s stuff oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, i can i can get into that i'm yeah yeah i'm okay with that i i approve <laughs> i know i know joel doesn't I know but it's not that I don't approve it's just that like honestly like I don't have a clue of any of these people you're talking about I'm like uh when you said hard candy I was thinking of the kids in the hall had a movie called hard candy oh I yeah back in the day I I was thinking first thing that came to mind was Madonna's album but that's oh, a different kind kind of candy album totally the, uh, yeah. Eurith- the Eurythmics how do I know them what song what's their like big hits Eurythmics is they that do, Sweet Dreams uh, they do, yeah, sweet dreams, yeah. Sweet dreams, yeah, yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. No. And I also listen to a lot of like Duran Duran. 
I love them. I also really love Talking Heads. Those are like the vinyls that I'm listening to most often, yeah. like Speaking in Tongues for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, interesting. That's that Mark's just smiling, nodding his head. He's they're right on. You guys are both on the same page here for sure. That's that's <laughs> kind of. If if somebody would ask me that same question, those are not the names that I would come up with, but they are artists that I'm like, oh yeah, I would put those on. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of hard, right? It's like, you know, my whole vinyl collection. Like when you have everything from, you know, your like my, you know, my B section is like Beastie Boys, Beatles, Black Keys. Like, you know, I got everything. See, there you go. Now, now your your B side <laughs> is like my A side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of it's always hard when someone asks you that. But I mean, as as far as like top three records that I'm spinning at home often, it's definitely probably Rio by Duran Duran, or the Best of Hollow Notes, or Speaking in Tongues. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, well, and, and we want to get to know you. So these are important questions. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I pull inspiration from all of those. Definitely hollow notes. But the other two is more like what I actually just want to wake up and like dance to. So maybe I do yeah, pull right. inspiration from it without even knowing. Because if it makes me want to dance and I like making people dance, maybe there's some yeah. kind of connection. When, when I was listening, um, right. when I was listening to your. Um, uh, feeling love album on um uh, on the way to to the city um obviously i was driving so i couldn't boogie but uh it, <laughs> it was there were a few songs that are pretty uplifting kind of it, yeah are, did you write songs with a message or just they feel good so this is what i'm writing i would say that um i definitely write from like how like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm definitely an emotional writer, so I'm usually writing how I'm feeling. So you know, if I wake up and I got like a pep in my step, and I feel like freaking life's awesome, and I want everyone to feel how freaking stoked I am on life right now, then maybe some of those songs are coming from like that point of view, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I, I wouldn't say that it's like totally like carelessly being like I'm gonna write a super silly song right now. Like most of the time, it's like, you know, just like very. I'm I'm a very happy, optimistic individual. So I think definitely in my music, yeah. there's this sense of like motivational, like optimism and like all these things that kind of like comes across to the listener, but that's literally just how I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the one song from that album that, that kept sticking to me even the day after was presence in this world. Oh, that nice. One, it just stuck in my, stuck in my head and it wouldn't let me go. So I'll it's, probably it's be a super fun um, percussion intro on that one. The crazy yeah, percussion yeah, exactly. intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when on. you're, I, yeah, I've got a question. When you are writing a song, is it like, yeah. does it come where like, okay, you've got your, your pad and your paper and your pen and you're sitting in a room and you're like, I need lyrics for this instrumental or whatever, or is, do they just seem to come to you naturally? And you're like, Oh, that could be like a lyric in a song or something. Like what's your writing process? Um, yeah, no, that's a good question. I, it's like, I feel like I still haven't figured out what my, what my flow is, you know, like sometimes 
sometimes uh, I feel like when I have a deadline or like a goal, like, oh, you know, next year I need to, I want to record an album. All of a sudden, I feel like my brain, something clicks and, and it's like I'm in the zone. It's like, you know, I can sit throughout a week and write like at least three songs that I feel pretty good about. But I feel like also there's something to be said about like if I try too hard, like if I wake up and, you know, just like, oh, I got to write a song right now, you know, like, uh, and try and force it out. Like, actually, I tried to do that a few days ago. And it just all went to shit. <laughs> like, I just, like, I tripped over one of my guitar pedals. I, like, hit myself in the face with my guitar, like, somehow, <laughs> like, ripped my lip open. I was like, how is this happening? Like, I literally just tried to, like, have a nice little session with myself. And somehow the world just didn't want it to happen. And I was kind of, like, yeah. in an aggravated mood. So it just wasn't helping. So I think most of the time I'm definitely in a kind of organic state. But I, I don't really have a schedule. I literally, like, sometimes I pick up my guitar and, you know, something just happens. And that's usually the best songs is when it's just supernatural like that. Uh, other times, you know, I've I've written, like, a melody or, you know, a guitar part. And then I do nothing with it. And then years later, you know, I'm like, ooh, I can finally use this. Like, you know, which yeah. is kind of cool. So... On this upcoming album, there was two songs that I totally, I wrote like two years ago or something, didn't use them, thought they they weren't good enough to record, but I was playing them live. Uh, and then I totally rewrote them, scrapped, like scrapped the song, rewrote it, but like kept, you know, the chord progression or whatever, rewrote all the words and all of a sudden had like two songs that were worthy for my album. And I was like, whoa, like man, those were songs that I would have not considered, you know, ready at all, like a few years ago. So it's kind of cool how they morphed into something better. And actually they, right. they became better because I got rid of a bunch of other chords. Like, you know, the two chord song is actually like the most pop friendly, uh, like listening, happy, like, I don't know, like sometimes I was just surprised that if I tried to overcomplicate, it didn't necessarily make it better. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. Sim simple. This. What? What's the saying? Simple. Uh, simple uh, keep and it simple, effective. Stupid. Keep it simple. Yeah. 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 Didn't Elvis Presley only so, yeah. know like two or three chords on the guitar? I think oh, so. Yeah. I think he only I knew two. I probably wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Freddie Mercury. Um. Uh. He he knew how to play the guitar, but he only knew the chords to one song. And whatever those chords were, were he could use in other songs, but he couldn't play the whole song yeah. because he only knew knew those right those chords. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Um, so, and I mean, you know, uh, like I'm still fairly new on guitar. Like I'm going on like year two of playing guitar. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like I, I'm originally a bassist, and then I, you know, played ukulele for five years, and then someone taught me that like most of the shapes on ukulele could totally like they're the same shapes on the guitar. You just need to like, you know, transfer all that information over. So I was like right. learning guitar and it turns out I did know more, way more than four chords on guitar. I was like, Oh wait, like I know, <laughs> I actually know lots of chords. I just like, I didn't know that I knew. Yeah. I I'm actually uh, trying to learn how to play the guitar uh, with an actual oh. instructor. He is very patient um i'm not 
Yeah. So it's uh, I, it, it's it's just that that whatever chords they I just can't remember them. Like mm. I I do them. I you know he he teaches me which fingers go where. You strum. That's that's the sound it makes. Great. And then you try it the next time, and it's like that didn't sound the same as when I played it the first time. And then I get frustrated and then put the guitar away. So yeah. Well, I wish you luck. I hope it gets easier. Because <laughs> uh, I tried to play guitar in high school before I picked up the bass. Because you know everyone wants to start on guitar. Like when you're a young kid, yeah. that's the instrument, right? It's a cool instrument. Yeah. And I remember trying to play an F chord, and I just lost all hope right away. I was like, nope, that's too hard. It sounds like shit. Like my fingers will never be strong. But nope. then. <laughs> You know, six years later, after playing bass and playing ukulele, my fingers could totally play an F no problem. I was like, why did I not do this yeah. soon? Well, that's that's actually what my guitar instructor was telling me. Like, if you can master this right now, you're golden because you can just play all the chords. If if you can do this, you can do the rest too. I'm yeah. like, okay, let's do this. And then I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, yeah. And like, in a way... <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I had a friend of mine put the ukulele in my hand and I definitely kind of wish that like that moment in my life never happened because I think of so many of my friends that get stuck in this rut of like they're getting introduced to music and what's the instrument they go to rather than the guitar because it's hard is the ukulele. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, it's like it's like choosing the easy way out. It's like instead of. Yeah just learning <laughs> to like it's gonna suck to like learn your f and get your fingers strong but once you do it's not a big deal <laughs> yeah so, so you're saying i should keep trying you should keep playing guitar definitely don't <laughs> pick up a ukulele anytime soon oh no we have a ukulele here and my wife plays that every once in a while and i'm like yeah that's that's not me <laughs> yeah not, like they're pretty guitar. but you know and i know a guy yeah. in, i know a guy in alaska who uh he really shreds a ukulele. Like if there's like a Jimi Hendrix of ukulele, it's this guy. But <laughs> oh, yeah, he's send us the YouTube link. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. His name's Ukulele Russ, and uh, he taught me a lot of the stuff that I knew by the end of my uke days. So at least I was channeling good information from him and not being like a super generic ukulele player, but still. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you're you're trying to pick up other instruments too. You say like the keyboard. You're trying to do yeah, that yourself too. Um, yeah, keys like mostly because uh, my basic theory is I've you know I was self-taught when I was younger, mm -hmm. so I'm trying to pedal back on that now and get the right. theory part embedded in my head, which means you know having to learn my theory. And people always say that it's easier on piano, so I'm like, oh sitting at a piano for my first time, you know, or my keyboard in the studio and just trying to like figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's also not that hard. If anything, it is easier than a guitar because the guitar, it's like a keyboard repeats itself six times. <laughs> like each string yeah. is like its own keyboard. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's actually like pretty fun. And um, keyboards are awesome because I use um a setup at home in our little home studio where I can access all kinds of really dinky kind of sounds. And I really like dinky keyboards. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like just like, okay. like toy piano sounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We need to see some pictures of that studio of yours. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the studio sure. where you'll be uh, re- like finishing the recording of the new album? Is in that studio or? Um. No, I actually I recorded the demos for my album in in my home studio, but it's not quite where it needs to be to be able to record, um, like high quality products just yet. Although I'm hoping right. in the near future it will be. Because uh, that'd be awesome. Because you know, recording's expensive. But I'm actually recording with a local engineer. His name's Jim Holland, um, and his studio is Green ne- Green Needle Records. And um, it's my second time working with him. The first time I recorded with him was like a single from my band Uxa Hazard. Um, and now he's doing a full album. And he's on my level. Like he loves cheesy music. His favorite band is um, oh my gosh, what are Oh, uh, FM, Steely Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so, I, for some reason, Jim Holland, his name rings a bell. And I don't know why. Can I, would we know him from something? He had a project called um, Super Vibe, which, like, I don't know if he toured with Super Vibe. All mm. I know is that he did sell quite a few copies of his album with Super Vibe. Like in the early two thousands, <laughs> but I actually don't know mm. about like Jim's kind of secret, secretive. Like I, uh, I've all I know is a super vibe. I know that he was in that group, which is awesome, and uh, I don't know what other bands he's been in. Maybe, maybe I'm just confusing his name with someone else. Maybe, it's yeah, po- it's possible. But I'm I'm on his website right now, and he has quite an impressive list oh. of uh, of. Uh, things he worked on it's so awesome yeah his studio is really great like it's it's just very comfortable you know cool um definitely looking them up now in the new album is it a lot like all the same musicians or is there is there anybody new or somebody got replaced or yep um there's some common performers for sure actually actually i think the only person i think the only difference uh, is that Patrick Hamilton, who drummed on the last album, um, is not on this next one. My friend Lee Campesi is on this one. And Lee is a drummer in town for a local funk band called Major Funk and the Employment. And uh, we've been hanging out with Lee for a long time. Like, he moved here in 2016. And, uh, yeah, like, Patrick Hamilton, who produced al- my album, like, He's a pretty busy guy, and uh, I think there was just a point in time where it's just like I was getting busy and he was getting busy, and all of a sudden I was like, it's just in general as a singer songwriter, it's good to find you know like I have like three different guitar pe- like p- players that I can call upon at all times. I usually right. have an assortment of bass players and drummers that I can also call upon because it's kind of like in the Yukon, uh, you know, a lot of people are in the same bands, so like you know sometimes you're like, oh, I want to book a show but the people that usually play in your band are you playing with someone else that night. So you kind of have to like learn how to like get some variety. So uh, for this album, uh, I'd say the drummer is different and maybe two of the horn players also, I think. Um, But my guitarist is the same and my bass player is the same. And uh, yeah, I got two new keyboard players on this album and same horn player from the last one, same trumpet player anyways. Yeah. Sweet. So fairly, 
fairly consistent then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I would say that like my guitarist, Zach Pelland and my bass player, who's also my partner, Aiden Tendries, they're kind of like my rocks. Like they're always around, you know, they've been playing with me for like four years straight for sure. Um, and the rest are all kind of interchangeable pieces. Cool. Right on. I like it. I think, um, Mark, are we good to take a break from our sponsor? Maybe. I, th- I think so. Uh, Paris, yeah. where can people find you? How how do they get in touch with you? Are you available for gigs? What's what's the scoop? Um, yeah, I love getting you know just like I like it when people just message me and hang out. I'm down. Um, all my info is on my website, which is parispickandthepricks.com. And uh, I have like my contacts on there. If you want to send me some creepy fan mail, I even have my PO box on there because occasionally I get a weird <laughs> custom drawn, uh, you know, portrait or I get the weird postcard. <laughs> like when I'm on tour, people will send me postcards and just like weird stuff. It's actually really fun ever since I put my uh, PO box up there. So I really encourage that. I'm also a collector of like, sunglasses and accessories um you know pins whatever so definitely reach yeah, out to i know <laughs> i noticed that you're uh you're pretty um uh how would we say this colorful yep <laughs> <Flamboyant. Yeah. laughs> well yeah yeah i guess so yeah yeah um awesome. but yeah all my uh social media links are on my website um or you know i'm just on facebook as paris pick i'm on instagram as paris pick and uh yeah It's all on my website, though, if you just want to be able to access them all in one go. This episode is brought to you by Canto Audio. Canto is a Canadian company that produces quality speakers and accessories like cables, TV, and speaker mounts. Their latest flagship model is the Canto Tuck, named after the remote Canadian hamlet Tuktoyuktuk. The speakers feature AMT tweeters, 13cm aluminum woofers, 65 watts per channel, and a wide range of input methods like RCA for a CD player, Bluetooth for your phone, Toslink optical input for your TV, and built-in phono stage, so setting up your turntable is easy-peasy. Connecting them to Kanto's sub-6 or sub-8 subwoofers completes the full-range sound that anyone will enjoy. They come in two colors, matte black and matte white, and they're available at Funky Moose Records via fmr.fm slash tuck. That is fmr.fm slash t-u-k. <laughs> So I think we're back now. Had a little break. We are. We still got that same yeah. sponsor, hey? And I tell you, we got to hire a new yep. uh, voiceover guy because that guy's accent sure. is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but, but, Paris, uh, this is Joel making fun of my accent like every episode. Uh, yeah. Well, I like your so, accent. <laughs> well, thank you. Finally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, we... Obviously, we're not done our conversation with Paris. She's so interesting. We wanted to keep her on for the back half of this uh, this week's episode. Um, uh, during the break, we were talking about uh, about her tour in Saskatchewan in 2019 here. So we just kind of wanted to share that information with with our viewers here about it. So Paris, if you just kind of want to jump into like what cities you were doing in your tour in 2019 and what can we kind of expect out of uh, your new tour after the new album is released? 
Yeah. Um, so last year was my second time coming to Saskatchewan because the first time I ever went there is when I was hitchhiking across Canada when I was 18 and I went to Regina, which was, a, um, you know, it definitely wasn't planned. I just ended up going there. It didn't really, you know, blow my mind or anything. Uh, but last year when I came to Saskatchewan on tour, I played in Saskatoon and I totally loved it. Hey, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Uh, we played so at the ne- Black Cat Tavern, and I remember seeing like this sign with you know the the cat with the three eyes, and right across the street was a super pimp like retro diner, and I just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that that was on Broadway then, right? Was yeah. It? Yeah. Yep. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. So <laughs> last year. I, uh, it was my first tour across Canada and I, I went on tour right after my first showcase at Breakout West, which took place in Whitehorse last year. And for people that don't know what Breakout West is, it's like a, you know, Canadian showcase music conference thing. Um, it's associated with the Western Canadian music awards. And, uh, yeah, I was so happy when I got to showcase last year and I spent six months booking my first tour across Canada um, after my acceptance into Breakout West, so I kind of like had a bunch of time to strategically plan it, and uh, pretty much played in every province all the way to Montreal. So didn't get to go like out east, east, but made it as far as Montreal. Cool, yeah. Breakout West, yeah. Uh, the Wolf from Prince Albert was there too, I think. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think. They're... Yeah, it's uh three three girls, young girls that were. From Prince Albert. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were so many bands in town, and like our, our town is so small, so it was really, really awesome to see yeah. all the bars were at capacity, you know, every restaurant, like everywhere was just full. It was so, so awesome. Yeah. Okay, so for Saskatchewan, you did Regina, that wasn't impressive. Then you did uh, Saskatoon, <laughs> that was better. So next year, you come yeah. to Prince Albert, and that will blow your mind. Is that what you're saying? I, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, yeah, I know no. that uh, both uh, Joel and Kayana are going to be listening, um, so I'm mm-hmm. I might I might be booking you right now for Chesterfest next year. Oh, <laughs> I, I well actually I have not. I was I have I nothing was to do with Chesterfest other than a sponsor, but oh, you were. I was in touch with them this year. Yeah, I was actually potentially oh. going to be playing there this summer, and then due to COVID, then, it all kind right, of fell uh, through. But. I'm, Maybe next year, you know, it sounds awesome. Yeah. Like, I love, I don't know, who doesn't like a field full of couches? That's what I'm imagining. Right. Yeah. Sounds awesome. It's exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly what it is. I think if you look on awesome. my Instagram, there might be some uh, videos that we, from that day or that weekend, I guess. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, no, I was literally like, they had, you know, sent me a proposal and everything. So maybe next year is the year. Uh, Chesterfest, Paris pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. it'll and npa will blow your mind oh awesome <laughs> jo- joel is raising his eyebrows like uh settle down there <laughs> <laughs> it might be like a deja vu of regina oh yeah <laughs> i mean but no it's funny because hitchhiking so when i was hitchhiking the first time through saskatchewan i get picked up by these two guys off the highway they seem friendly enough. 
they're like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you know, we're from Regina. We're going to go do some work, whatever. And I had to, you know, I was going to go into the city anyways to just, like, take a break from the road. And it's funny. We're, like, 10 minutes down this road. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, we just got out of jail, all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, like. <laughs> first interaction with like Regina is <laughs> like these guys have just got out of jail <laughs> but then Holy my smokes. first my first introduction to Saskatoon was hanging out with my friend Lenore from the Garys who I don't know if you oh. if you guys know the Garys but yeah they they were at Chesterfest last year yeah no and they're like yeah. awesome so that was kind of like yeah. we showed up to Saskatoon and got to stay with her and uh they're yeah one of my favorite bands for sure <laughs> cool yeah, yeah. i the, the whole hitchhiking thing that's still i don't know i see hitchhikers <laughs> and i never pick one up because i don't i like i mean i don't know that we're not all bad there, people there are some of many... us are some of us are ukulele playing pirate girls that are really cool well, exactly <laughs> that's and that's the thing it's like how do i know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and and the only way to find out is is taking the risk of being taken out by someone, you know. Yeah. Totally. Hey, but you got a you got a dash cam though, don't you? Yeah, but that's pointing outwards, not inwards. Well, if you're gonna pick up a hitchhiker, just spin it around, right? Point it inwards. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so so we have on camera how my head get bashed bashed in. Yeah, I get it. It's it's interesting though because. It's, it's like as a hitchhiker, it's actually like, you know, um, I feel like more often than not, it's the drivers that are like the ones that are like the people that pick up hitchhikers are always the weird ones. But really? to the average person, to the average person, it's the hitchhiker that's going to make things weird. So I think there's probably like an equal portion of like probably weird stories right. on both Ju sides. But like right. for the most part, I had nothing. But Each is judging the other, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, the hitchhiker's dirty and creepy. And the hitchhiker's like, oh, the driver's going to be dirty and creepy. Yeah. <laughs> do, you have any, do you have any cool stories from, from hitchhiking? Yeah. I. Um, it doesn't have to be music well, related. It can be anything. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, she so just said the guy who picked her up outside Regina. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll finish that story. So. So usually part of the, the rule of the road is that you don't go off the highway with strangers, right? Um, but in yeah. this instance, I run out of food and like usually I had a box of cereal or something in my backpack. I needed to get to a city anyways to like re restock before I kept traveling. So when these guys picked me up, they were like, yeah, you, um, you know, I'm, I'm already off the highway. I'm heading towards Regina with them. And they're like, yeah, we just got out of jail. We started this um, gravel business, like gravel pouring. And I'm like, what? Like, And they're like, we have this project, like a few clicks out of town from the main city. And they're like, we will pay you $13 an hour to come dig, like shovel gravel with us. And I was like, what? Like, that's a bizarre offer. And I don't know, like it's two older guys that just got out of jail. Like, am I digging my own grave or am I actually getting paid to shovel yeah. gravel? Like, it's kind of like, super weird proposal but i was like i felt it out and i was like okay like sure i'll go with you guys so we get to like this farmhouse on the outskirts of regina and, and it's a big nice house and there's no cars there and i'm like oh my gosh like this is a horror movie like there's no cars here because 
the owners are dead on the floor inside. <laughs> like, like immediately my, my life started flashing before my eyes and I was like, yep, I'm, this is it. You know, I'm like, they like send me to this pit of gravel and they're like, yeah, like, here we go. Like we'll start digging, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out they were actually both super nice guys. They paid me at the end of the day, my $13 an hour. And I think I did like six hours worth of shoveling gravel or something. And uh, they made me dinner. And then there was a point in time. And remember, I'm like an 18 year old young lady. There's a point in time where at the end of the day, Buddy like takes off his t-shirt and he's actually looking pretty good. (laughs) And I'm like, by the end of it, we like... I'm like, okay, where are we sleeping? Like, what's the whole arrangement? And they're like, oh, we have this little trailer on site. And sure enough, that evening, like, the owners come home. So it turns out the house does have owners. No one's dead. Like, everything's normal. <laughs> and uh, I go into this little trailer where they're making me dinner. And we're having, like, an after end of the day beer. And I'm like, oh, there's only, like, two beds in this whole trailer. Like, oh, gosh. Like, you know, is this guy expecting that I'm going to have to share a bed with him? And he just like, he looks at me and he's like, he like takes a sit, uh, sit down on the bed. And he's like, he's like, don't worry. Like I'm, I'm a divorced man. I, I got two young daughters out there in the world and, uh, I don't bite less bitten. And then he like took off his shirt and like rolled over and fell asleep. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like <laughs> I was just like, wow, what is happening? Like, I'm kind of into this right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, like, if anything I'm scared. I'm going to make a move on this 45 year old guy. <laughs> and, uh, I had a really that is too good. slap. Nothing weird happened. All was good. Next day we had breakfast and they said, yo, do you want to stay and, and, and work with us for one more day? And I was so anxious feeling that I was like scared. I was going to maybe sleep with this random jailbird that I was like, no, I got to go back to the highway before like I make a weird decision. here. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's, that's, awesome. that's good. That's the Regina story. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you could write a song about that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. When, you, when you think the bad guy is going to like come for you, but then by the end of it, like you're kind of more like the bad guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty that's funny. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Do you need another song for your new album? Um, why you want to write one? <laughs> No, you just wrote <laughs> one yourself. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I got a I got a title for you. You can call it Easy Way Out, like what you were saying about learning Ooh. the ukulele over the guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be the easy easy way out. Yeah. No, it's pretty deep. Or or I don't bite unless bitten. Yeah, don't bite less bitten. <laughs> so good. I love that you said that. <laughs> just like rolled over. So amazing. He kind of looked like uh, he kind of looked like Julian from Trailer Park Boys, you know, but like more slim, like a better looking Julian. So it was kind of dangerous. Right for on. Sure. I was like, oh, this is where I like call my mom and tell her I'm like married to some jailbird that's way too old for me. <laughs> Shoveling rocks. Mom, Good I married Julian. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So do. You- uh, do you have plans for 20, well, whenever COVID ends? Yeah. For, um, for touring-wise? Totally. So my, you know, how I was talking about, like, uh, the original plan was to release my album in the fall of this year. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of 
again, kind of like based around different showcases and festivals. Um, but one of them is um, Focus Wales, which is taking place in the UK. And it's a showcase that I've been accepted into. Um, and I was going to like release it like the month before I went to Wales so that, you know, people could hear about it and then I could go and do my first international right. showcase. And I was yeah. kind of hoping that I could do like my first European tour. And I was literally just starting mm-hmm. to book my first European tour as COVID hit. So I had like three potential locations. And then all of a sudden I got like, you know, a bunch of messages all in one day, um, you know, that was like, Oh, due to COVID, like no one's booking anymore and all this stuff. So it kind of shot my plans for this year, but I have a feeling that I, what I would like to do is like my first promotional tour of this record will probably end up being in Canada again. So I'll probably go across the country, but then I would like mm-hmm. to go to Europe, like right afterwards. Yeah. Cool. Because um, my, like my mom and dad were both from the UK, and uh, that's oh. kind of like I have a bunch of half brothers and sisters over there that I've never met. So it'd be a cool opportunity to go and just do Europe and, you know, bring my new album over there as well. Yeah. Right. But going that's across awesome. Canada so typically- is like when I when it when I did it last year, I was really excited about. You know, it was going to be my first tour across Canada. And then you do it and you realize how friggin' big Canada is. And it's like, <laughs> it almost makes you wonder if you're actually willing to do that again. Because it's a lot of driving. Yeah. You didn't hitchhike that, did you? <laughs> no, not the tour. <laughs> right. Yeah, I bought, um, I bought a 2006 soon... Dodge Oh. <laughs> and it made it all the way to Montreal and back? Yeah, it did. And then it died its first winter in Whitehorse. It couldn't survive the winter, but at least it took right. me on tour in the fall. So, <laughs> Well, that's the most important part, I guess. Exactly. It's typically purpose. How soon, <laughs> yeah. Like how soon after an album release is a tour normally planned? Like, is it relatively quick or, you know, do you wait a couple months say... first and like, I think there's like a, you know, it's, it's kind of up to you. Cause you can like, you know, you can do like, uh, you know, multiple CD releases. Cause you could do an album release. that's like only in, you know, one territory or province, you can do a bunch of different kind of things. Or it's kind of like, I think someone once told me that an album is like, you can promote a new record for like a maximum of two years which is pretty much what I've done with feeling love. So I kind of followed those guidelines of like, you know, I had like, I released it in 2018. I did a small tour to British Columbia when I first released it. Like, like literally like, Oh no, I actually, I did a tour of the album um, throughout BC. And then I came back to Whitehorse and did the official concert. So the like touring, going on tour and then doing a release concert in your town afterwards is kind of good because like people see all your social media you know you're out and about and you're being you're getting all hyped up and then when you come back to your hometown people are like more excited so i think that's what i did with feeling love so i'd probably do something like that again like go across canada promote it and then come back to town yeah very cool yeah cool right on yep yep. yeah so (laughs) 
it's a it's a lot of fun I like it's been a struggle like learning the like I've gone on uh three tours I think yes just three tours so two of them were tours of BC and then one was right across Canada and I think I'm learning that like when I'm on the road with my band I just really crave like more estrogen because I'm the only girl in the band (laughs) (laughs) so you know with me and four guys cooped up in a 2006 Dodge Caravan it gets just like dirty and i'm always fighting them like to like (laughs) keep the van clean like no eating fast food in the van because that's just mean for everybody and like (laughs) yeah just (laughs) just like some housekeeping stuff that gets a little difficult when it's when there's no one there to back me up (laughs) yeah yeah so i think my next tour across were there were there any were there any um yeah, I guess the band is still together, so there weren't any <laughs> major, major concerns there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but, you know, it, it does suck when, like, if one person in the band gets sick, probably everyone gets sick. So, like, on our last tour, the tour across Canada, like, I wanted it, I really wanted to be in good spirits from when we got to Montreal, because, like, Montreal is probably one of my favorite cities. And mm-hmm. sure enough, like... Lit- like right as we're pulling up to this like weird little crusty gig in like Sherbrooke, uh, I get like a really icky cold and I'm like, no, like I'm about to eat uh... my first smoked meat sandwich. I'm about to like, you know, probably like do acid and go to some weird jazz club somewhere. And I couldn't do any of those things because I got sick. I was no. so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so when you. <laughs> When when you mention these little bars, is that what kind of what type of venues do you usually play in? Is it dive bars, festivals, <laughs> anything you can get your hands on, uh, community um, halls in a small town? I would say like in uh, you know like as a band is starting to get its name out there, you kind of take whatever you can get. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely already at the point because I guess I've been playing like I've been booking shows and doing shows across like Canada now for like seven years. Like if I include like my Yuxa hazard band and um, Mm -hmm. I think I'm over like Irish pubs. Like I just have a rule. I'm like, no Irish pubs. Like, you know, (laughs) if people want to eat a burger and watch TV, like that's not my audience. Like I need people that are going to be there to watch me, you know, not the TV. Right. Yeah. People that want to get up Um, and dance. Right. And you don't want to be the background noise. Yeah, and like, you know, I'm I'm into playing uh like maybe not clubs cuz clubs are usually specific to like people that are expecting like electric music. So there's like a fine line between like finding venues that'll actually like people want to get up and dance, but they're not going to be mad at you cuz you're not like an iPod. You know, like it's like you're not <laughs> playing top 40, you're playing original content. So, you know, it's yeah. like Usually what I've been, what I did for my last tour is I reached out to the music organizations across Canada, like, like, uh, Sask Music or, you know, like here in Whitehorse, we have Music Yukon or, you know, like those organizations. I reached out to each, each one in every province and said, Hey, like, here's my band and my genre. And it'll be my first time coming to your town. And like, where do you recommend that this kind of music should perform? And I would get their input on like where I should play as a singer songwriter that wants to be, you know, listened to and like make new connections rather than be like background music for some random bar somewhere. 
So yeah, yeah. that was right. definitely made it a lot better. Like we definitely got to play some really cool venues across Canada because of that. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, but like, I definitely love like, like festivals are like usually some of the best experiences. Cause you're just there with like a, such a huge, you know, collective group of other artists, which is always such a good time to meet like your fellow artists and to go see other bands. Like, I think I'm definitely yeah. leaning towards uh, like this summer. I was supposed to go play two festivals, uh, three if I include Chesterfest. But uh, you know, like I was really looking forward to a summer of just festival hopping. Um, it's yeah. kind of like more my style, really. <laughs> yeah, because it's more yeah, of an and, experience. And, yeah, and listening to your music, it 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 would definitely fit at a at a festival like Chesterfest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, you'll you'll have to call them and advocate extra hard for next year because I bet they're gonna have. I don't have you to. You know, like I think I, I don't have to. They're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll be listening for sure. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Shout out to yeah. Joel. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> cool. Great. Very good. Joel, do you have anything else you wanna? You I wanna ask? no, I don't. I don't think so. I'm I'm pretty. It's solid at my end here. Uh, if there's anything else that you want to plug or, or mention there, uh, Paris, like now's yeah, yeah, the scene is yours. It's all yours, sure. man. Um, yeah, no, just uh, like if people want to, you know, find me online, I love, you know, meeting new people and people can shoot me a message. And um, I have my own, something I haven't mentioned is like I have my own little like vintage pop-up store that's called Tacky Town. And soon I'll be, oh. uh, due to COVID, I'll be bringing my Tacky Town online, I think is my idea. So in the, you know, months to come here, I think if people want to get a taste of like my kind of fashion, <laughs> they should definitely yeah. check that out. And just like if you find me on Instagram, you can access, you know, all my, all, all my world of music. You know, I have another band called Swamp Sex Robots. Maybe we can talk about that another time. But uh, yeah. Okay. Lots of fun stuff in my in my world. <laughs> right cool. on, for sure. We Very would cool. definitely. Yeah. You are more than welcome here anytime you want to. Just hit us up, and we'll make it happen for sure. Uh, yeah. thanks so much just, for having just, me. Just not next week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like all of a sudden, I'm calling you at like two in the morning. Yeah. super. <laughs> yeah, dude, I got something for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, de definitely. Right I hope that uh, we can always stay in touch with you and and follow you throughout your journey and your career. And and like I said, you are always going to be welcome on this platform, no matter what. Thank you so much. That's so awesome. I really appreciate it. I'm uh, I'm kind of new to it, and uh, I'm new to Canada. You know, like getting to know who I am. So I think I'm going to slowly be reaching out to all the provinces and seeing if people want to figure out who I am and what I'm about. <laughs> Well, I'm hopefully ready we to can let help the you, world uh, know. <laughs> we, uh, hopefully we can help you with that uh, through our podcast and maybe uh, through the vinyl release later this year or or next year, whenever it comes out. Totally. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. So cool. uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks we'll again. Thanks for again. having me.